No. I am almost ready to record, though. Aren't you supposed to be off somewhere at some coffee shop making eyes at Eva Lynn as she threatens to dark roast the baristas for scalding the beans in her pour over? You remember the story about our first date. That's so sweet. Yes. Having to rescue the baristas your paramour was holding hostage tends to leave an impression. They made you an honorary employee of the month. Your picture is still up at the Percolator. You look good in green. I was wearing that apron under duress. I love aprons. You have extra pockets and you can get covered with flour. And then when you and your partner are smiling at each other, your cheeks dusted with powdered sugar, you suddenly realize that it doesn't matter whether the croissants come out right or not. The only thing that matters is kissing those perfect powdery lips. Ah, so you're the reason that the kitchen has a no perfume is allowed sign. We barely burned anything. I don't think Whiplash was mad about the small fire, but you did let all the danger cheeses loose accidentally. We spent like three days trying to corner that smoked mozzarella. How did you manage to destroy half the kitchen by kissing Eva Lynn and playfully tossing flour at each other? Oh no, do you and Duncan not do that all the time? I'm so sorry, I didn't know he was a bad kisser. What? No! I mean, I don't know. We haven't kissed. Not that we were planning to. Not that we're not planning to. Not that there are plans of any kind for anything. That sounds like a really complicated way to date someone. Gosh, it sure does, doesn't it? It sounds like the kind of thing that you should probably talk to him about instead of sending him a bunch of emails asking for pointless details about the career fair. Booth location is key. Furthermore, this is wasting my precious free time that I need for podcasting. Riley, shouldn't we get started? Aren't you supposed to be watching the schedule for the recording studio? Oh, definitely. Wouldn't want to keep you from checking your email. Again. He might have sent updates. Perfuma, we only need you for the plant of the episode and then you can go back to doing whatever it was you were doing. What are all those bundled scripts you have anyway? Surely you don't need all of that for a quick segment on... What was it again? Some varietal of rhododendron? No, no, it was, uh, the Blansville rutabaga. Oh? A rutabaga, hmm? I'm surprised I haven't heard of it. I'm quite the rutabagalist myself. It must not be an important strain. <coughs> I mean, I do look forward to you enlightening me. See, Poggy? No, you know, the Blansville rutabaga. The what? You know, Riley. Blansville. Like, from the nice Enchantress? Oh, right. I think I remember Beastman telling me about that. Blansville, that's where, uh... It's where they live, right? Or is that the other place? The rival town? No, you're thinking of Sneerington. The nice Enchantress and all her friends live in Blansville, the most charmingly nondescript town in the state. Is what I think I heard Beastman say one time. Exactly, which is why Blansville is the only place that the Blansville rutabaga grows. I see. Riley, would you be so kind as to take the power of Grayskull out for some walkies while I very nicely ask Perfuma some questions about why she intended to talk about a very fictional plant on my very real podcast? Skeletor, that never works. It doesn't matter how far away I walk, every time you get into a good rant, Poggy just blinks back into the studio and zaps you. Besides, this isn't for your podcast, remember? I told you all about it. I'm sure you did, but I wasn't actually listening. I heard recording and plant, so I assumed it was for my 
plant podcast and went back to thinking about how to schedule choir practice at the retirement home so it would be least likely to be interrupted by your paramour's persistent improprieties. Mm, Her improprieties are very distracting. As is her persistence. Don't make me get a no perfume is allowed sign for the studio too. Sorry. Okay, so as I definitely did tell you and you definitely did agree to, this is a recording of my latest Nice Enchantress fanfic. It is a Contessa Trixie ship, but that's not the real focus of the story. It's just looking at what other magic the Blandsville rutabaga might dig up. Absolutely not. Look, it's got a plant in it. That's basically like doing an episode. No, I am putting my foot down. We are not turning my instructional gardening program into some community theater playhouse where we showcase the fan fiction of any minion with aspirations of literary greatness. I forbid it! I'm not a minion. Oh, come on. No! There has already been entirely too much divergence from this show's mission statement. I simply have to draw the line here. I'm sorry, Perfuma. Well, if you feel that strongly about it... I do. It's just a shame, because I was thinking, you'd make a really great nice enchantress. Me? I would be playing Sandra Whisperwind. Obviously, you're the only person who has her kind yet knowing eyes. Where, in a jar? Yes, well, Perfuma, obviously you do have an eye for talent, but the decision has been made. And that is what... Hmm? Oh, what... What's that, Poggy? You're insisting that I participate in the production. He doesn't sound that insistent. Oh, Poggy, you are a harsh taskmaster, forcing me on pain of magical torture to play the role of the mysterious and vaguely mystical suburban enchantress Sandra Whisperwind. Or, uh, whatever her name is. Then you'll do it! Sigh. I'm afraid Poggy leaves me no choice. Hooray! Oh, I'm sure you're going to be an amazing nice enchantress. Obviously. You're not having Evelyn help out with this? Evelyn said that if I asked her to have anything to do with the nice enchantress, she would never be able to curl her lip in subtle fury and disdain ever again. Obviously, I couldn't let that happen. That's my third favorite way she does lip curls. So, I'm here with you. I wish Beastman could be here, but he got too excited about it and pre-gamed with a little too much chamomile tea, so he's sleeping it off. I would appreciate it if you would hold all discussion until after I've given my performance. I can't believe you didn't cast Skeletor as Mildred. He's a natural Mildred. I am such a Sandra. I am full of knowing glances. Riley, tell them how knowing my glances are. Uh, when you wear your eyebrows, I can usually tell what expression you're making. And those expressions are full of knowing. Okay, let's get started. As we've established, Skeletor will be playing Sandra Whisperwind, the nice enchantress. I'll be Greg Forthright, the stern but loving big city podiatrist who moved to Blandsville and is charmed by its enticing mediocrity. And by his neighbor, Sandra Whisperwind. Merman, you'll be playing Harmony Whisperwind, Sandra's probably teenage daughter of an indeterminate age. She may or may not have inherited her mother's possibly mystic intuition. It's the role I was born to play. Okay, let's get started. Merman, in this scene, Harmony is taking another batch of fresh-baked muffins out of the oven when Sandra comes home from one of the several small businesses she owns but never spends any time in. Got it.
Mom, you are my best friend and confidant. But now that I am of a certain age, I can no longer spend all my probably teenage days baking muffins with you. I think it's important that in addition to baking muffins, I also start painting decorative mugs for the retired gardeners at the community center. Am I just being a rebellious, possibly teenager? Harmony, when you follow your heart, sometimes it leads you to the path that has the most beautiful sidewalk. What are you doing? Following stage directions. It says, Sandra gives compassionate yet whimsical knowing look that lasts four minutes. Okay, first of all, that wasn't compassionate yet whimsical. That was, I can't remember why I walked into the kitchen, and also there was a bear eating my leg. I told you that story in confidence. Sorry, Merman, but that was definitely the face he was making. Also, that is clearly a typo. Nobody makes a knowing glance for four minutes. Hmm. You may have a point. Not about my acting, which is of course flawless and probably just tapped into a level of raw emotion that your fragile psyche couldn't handle, which is why you're lashing out at me, but four minutes does feel a bit off. Perfuma? Yes. Good catch, Riley. My finger must have slipped. That should be a seven. I was going to say. Seriously? Seven full minutes? Well, I was thinking that after the first three minutes, I should start tilting my head to one side and maybe holding my chin in my hand. I was thinking we'd save that kind of action for the third act finale. But you know what? Merman acting is about taking risks. Really explore the space and make it your own. No, it is not your space. I am the lead. It is my space. Skeletor, that isn't very Blandsville of you. What would the nice enchantress say? Sigh. When you don't know what you're looking for, the thing you need most is the need to look at yourself. That is so beautiful. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Sometimes things that don't mean anything are the things that mean the most. Wow, you're really in character. I want to use that energy. Let's go to the top of page 74. Merman, you're Trixie, Blansville's sassy, but demure gas station attendant and Sandra's best friend. It's the role I was born to play. You've come to Sandra for some dating advice when you get interrupted by Mildred Barrowwood. She's Blansville's charmingly overbearing comptroller and Sandra's best friend. You'll also be playing her. It's the other role I was born to play. Okay. Center yourself. Okay. Oh, Sandra, I'm in a real bread and butter of a pickle. I'm supposed to go to the Festival of Festivity with Brad, the town's shy but blandly handsome auto mechanic. But Gavin, the shy but blandly handsome architect, asked me to go to the kindness parade with him. The events are only a few weeks apart. I'm as confused as a confused person who doesn't know what to do. I like Brad in a cordial but not specifically romantic way, but I don't want to jeopardize my cordial but not specifically romantic relationship with Gavin. What should I do? If my plate was any fuller, there wouldn't be very much room on it. Trixie, sometimes when our plate is full, that's because we haven't yet eaten the food on it. Because we aren't that hungry. Because we had a late lunch. Those knowing looks are amazing. We don't have a ton of studio time. Do you want me to add the other eight minutes of the knowing look in post? Perfect. I didn't know you could add things in post. I can't. I'm not even sure what post means. 
Okay, we'll pick it up where Mildred comes in. Okay, Mildred. Oh, Sandra, there you are. I've been looking simply everywhere for you. I tried Blandsville's heart-shaped wishing duck pond and each of the three small businesses you neglect. I should have known I'd find you here at Trixie's gas station slash artisanal muffin shop. <clears throat> well, I, Trixie, do make the best heart-shaped muffins in Blandsville. Well, next to Sandra. Sometimes the muffins you don't bake are the muffins that have been baking your character all along. Sandra, that is very wise, and will probably solve my problems once I stop to make several thoughtful faces about it when I'm reminded of it later on. But now, everybody needs to pay attention to me, Mildred Barrowgood, City Comptroller. I'm having simply the most dreadful crisis. I'm in charge of organizing Blandsville's semi-annual horticultural fair, and one of our vendors intends to sell slightly non-traditional, yet utterly inoffensive wares. I tried to bluster at her with my charmingly self-absorbed braggadocia, but she made a frown face at me. Me, Mildred Barrowgood. Why, I'm so twitterpated I may just have to cancel the entire fair. A frown? In Blandsville? That is serious. If that sort of antisocial behavior keeps up, I may have to pack up my gas station and take my muffins to Sneerington. Twixie, that is a terrible thing to even joke about. Sneerington, our hated rivals in that nearly identical neighboring town, why, they wouldn't know a muffin from a, a breakfast cupcake. <laughs> You're right, Mildred. This is no laughing matter, though. If the horticultural fair is off, could the Festival of Festivities be far behind? I might have to cancel my quasi-romantic non-dates with both Brad and Gavin. Ooh, we're at the part where Contessa comes in. I love her. She reminds me of Evil Lynn. She's Sandra's step-second cousin once removed and shares Sandra's ambiguous powers of knowing looks. But she does it in a more saucy and playful way. You know, like Evil Lynn would. Playful is not a word I would use in the same sentence as Evil Lynn. Unless maybe that sentence was, Evil Lynn poisoned that play full of actors because their dialogue wasn't about her. <sighs> I love her mischievous side. Oh, how sweet. Sneerington thinks they have a chance of claiming Blandsville's glory. Our rutabagas have been the best since our family, the Whisperwinds, moved here over a century ago. Wow! wow. You're charmingly haughty, but approachable eyebrow raise is so good. This is my normal face. Such a natural. You're a born Contessa. Well, we won't let them rain on our parade. Certainly not when Mildred Barrowgood, comptroller of Blandsville and charming force of nature is here. You know, I think you'll all find that the path to victory is sometimes the path that you've already been on the whole time. You just couldn't see it, because the way wasn't lit. This is the part where Sandra hands Mildred a vintage oil lamp. It's going to be the key to the plot. Maybe. Like I don't know how an episode of The Nice Enchantress works. You said you hated watching it. I had to sit next to Webstore. <coughs> I'm not taking that back. You want to sit next to him, then go ahead. <coughs> That's what I thought. <clears throat>
Mayhap this will shed some light on the subject. Perfuma, that's your cue. Oh, right. I got so swept up in the story, I forgot I was Greg Forthright, stern but loving big city podiatrist. Sandra, that oil lamp hasn't worked the whole time I've lived in Blandsville, and I'm not completely sure how long I've lived here given the pacing of the show, but it's definitely been for a while. Oh, Greg, you may have lived here for an indeterminate amount of time, but time is nothing to a whisper wind. What is this show even about? This is the part where we find out that the lamp works. Click. Well, Greg, it looks like it just needed a spark of Blandsville hope to lighten up our outlook. Why, Sandra, it's just the thing to help the Blandsville rutabaga flourish and keep our spirits bright in this festive season. Why is the rutabaga heart-shaped? Oh, Greg, your earnest and practical nature always makes you ask the most plot-relevant questions. The Blandsville rutabaga is a very special rutabaga. Once it finishes growing, we have the rutabaga cook-off. Each dish is specially prepared to express the love that Blandsville Tonians have for their beautiful town. And don't forget that everyone gets to make a wish on the rutabaga dish. I'm making rutabaga fritters and I already know what I'm wishing for. Contessa, when you point a wish at someone else, there are three wishes pointing back at you. That's why every rutabaga wish has to benefit the whole town. But if it benefits me, is that not also benefiting the town? Your mischievous smile is incredible. I'm not smiling. That's what makes it so mischievous. Here's where Greg helps give more exposition. Wait, a wish granting rutabaga? That seems like a little much. Besides, isn't there already a wish granting heart-shaped topiary? No, no, that one makes your dreams come true. What about the heart-shaped quilt that the town makes each winter to bring in good wishes for the new year? That quilt helps you find your truest aspiration for the year. And the heart-shaped topaz that grants your wishes if you throw a penny off the footbridge after looking deeply into the topaz while making thoughtful faces. No, no, that one grants your deepest desire, the things you truly need. So, not wishes. I know it's difficult for you to understand, being a big-name podiatrist who moved here from New York and who is only slowly adjusting to life in a whimsical small town, but wishes, aspirations, and desires are all subtly different. I'm going to wish for an answer to my problems with these two blandly handsome men I have to choose between. Oh, Trixie, maybe the answer is to not choose either of them. Maybe choose something different. Well, Contessa, that's silly. If I wasn't always dating a man, or considering which man I should or shouldn't date, how would I get any plots to develop my character? Maybe something else could develop your character. Oranges aren't the only fruit, and men aren't the only rutabaga. Easy for you to say. You're always getting men and rutabagas. As the proprietor of the organic grocery store in town, it's true that I have a lot of rutabagas, but there's only one rutabaga I truly care about. I know. The Blandsville rutabaga that we've all been talking about. This is perfect. You're really capturing the profound depth of feeling between these two characters and the immense natural chemistry that the show has been building. We should jump to the end. Merman, I need you to be Mildred first. You're going to announce the winner of the rutabaga cook-off. Okay. 
and the winner of the Rutabaga Cook-Off is everyone. How could we have a winner when the real winner here is Blandsville for having such wonderful friends and neighbors in it? Okay, this is the part where Sandra is standing with an air of warm mystery, just off from the revelers all celebrating the Blandsville Rutabaga Cook-Off slash Renaissance Fair with jovial yet benignly restrained delight. Everyone is wearing remarkably consistent period garb and holding small parade flags with the festival rutabaga printed on them. Sandra stands off from the crowd, half illuminated by the firelight, looking strangely at home in her anachronistic garb in a way that is never fully explained but is generally accepted as part of her ambiguously defined powers. Greg walks up behind her. Hello, Greg. Sandra, has anyone mentioned in the last two scenes or so that you have a very mysterious knack for knowing who might be entering a room? No, it has been a while, so we should also point out that I also have a cute ability to seem to suddenly appear or disappear in a way that is sort of magical, but doesn't really have any effects on any plot or character development. (laughs) Plot, character development, you do know how to make me laugh, Sandra. Good. Are you here to tell me that your Blandsville rutabaga wish came true, Greg? How did you know? A little rutabaga magic seems to fill the air around this time of year. Yes, Blandsville certainly is a special place. I know I'm certainly glad I gave up the fast-paced life of a New York City podiatrist to be here in Blandsville with you, Sandra. In fact, what I wished for was to not get that big job in the nearest major city that I was vaguely considering. I want to stay here with you, Sandra and I want to serve the people of Blansville. I wish that Blansville would be okay whether you chose to leave or not. There are feet all over the world, but the most important thing to me is that you be able to follow your heart. But it isn't your wish that brought me out here. Then who? Shh. My fritters must have turned out wrong. I don't think my wish has come true at all. Here is a big moment! Merman, you're Trixie. Really amp up your sassiness. I thought your fritters were great, Contessa. They really took my mind off both blandly handsome men that I turned down as my date for today. They did, did they? I wished that whatever was best for Blandsville would happen. As it turned out, they had never met each other before, and now that they've met, they've fallen in love and the architect one is building the most beautiful auto shop in the world for the mechanic one. You should see them. They're both so blandly handsome yet shy together. Sounds like you need a date for the rutabaga dance tonight back at Beige House, Sandra's bed and breakfast mansion. I don't know about that, Contessa. I was thinking maybe I'd just go home and have some leftover rutabaga tacos. Or... You could be my date. (gasps) Oh! Oh! Yes, you know what? I think that would be nice. But I should tell you, I don't hold hands on the first date. Of course not. You want to get to know someone before you actually know what it feels like to hold hands with them. Don't worry. I'm patient. Just like all of us have been patiently waiting for sunset and the Rutabaga bonfire where we'll burn all the rutabaga peel we had left from cooking. Mmm, just smell those rutabaga peels. I do love that smell. I remember the first time we ever had a Blansville rutabaga harvest. I can still remember how excited I was for the dance.
Hopefully, you're still excited for the dance tonight. Oh, you! Just remember, what truly makes tonight truly special is the friends we share it with. That's not the only thing. Yes, it's true. Your rutabaga vegetable pie was pretty special, too. I may be from New York, but I've seen vegetables before and am familiar with cooking them. Ha, 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 You know, a lot of people think that Blansville is magical, but I can't imagine anything feeling more magical than holding your hand. Good. I can't think of anything more magical either. The end. That doesn't seem like an ending. Nothing really resolved. I mean, there weren't really any problems to begin with, other than some mild inconveniences. Do you not know how the show works? That's how it ends every time. It's like falling asleep on the couch, except you're awake. Genius. Is this what happens when you reach your late 30s? You want to watch a show that manages to evoke the thrills and chills of watching a bowl of oatmeal gently steam? You know. How yes. could anyone that you say that? That's like that. that. Ooh, oatmeal. Well, I guess that's the end of the show. If anyone needs me, I'll be trying to find a potion that keeps me from aging past 35. You'd probably like the nice enchantress if you gave it a try. Stay back, cardamom sniffer. I'm wise to your ways. More chamomile for me. Well, listeners, if we still have any left after this, return next time for an episode that will resolve at least some of your problems, because we'll be doing a hotly anticipated leaf it to me. And maybe some of your employment problems will be resolved too. And I'm sure we can expect the return of the inevitable PSA too. Thank you, Poggy. I was thinking of setting up a booth at the career fair too. What would you be hiring for? Nothing. I just like handing out novelty pens. Well... I'm sure that's... useful. So, visit the career fair at the convention center for what I am sure will be an episode of Garden Plots with Skeletor. And stop by for free pens! Garden Plots with Skeletor is written by Marissa Bond, Megan Bob, and Nathaniel Hubbard, and edited by Dan Mulcairn. Our theme song is Daydream by Rafael Medina, and our logo was created by Kit Mulcairn. Skeletor is played by Dan Mulcairn. Riley is played by Kit Mulcairn. Perfuma is played by Megan Bob. Merman is played by Nathaniel Hubbard. Additional music from filmmusic.io from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and all associated characters are property of their owners. You can reach us at GardenPlotsWithSkeletor at gmail.com, on Twitter at Garden underscore Plots, or through our website, GardenPlotsWithSkeletor.carrd.co. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on your podcast app of choice. You can donate to Skeletor Schemes on Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash GardenPlotsWithSkeletor. Thanks for listening.